Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Welcome to the big show live from the team hotel here in Omaha, Nebraska. The music is just playing and playing and playing. <laughs> no one's paying any attention. Team <laughs> for you. Right here, right now. You can turn the music off, Joe Salzone. <laughs> Good morning. I don't know if anyone heard anything I had to say, but uh, I'll repeat it. We're live from the Team Hotel here in Omaha, Nebraska, for the Sweet 16 matchup against none other than our arch rival, the Duke Blue Devils. <sighs> Joshy, Josh, you there? Yes, I am. How are you? <laughs> Did he wake you up? <laughs> no, there's a two-second delay. That's why it's going to sound like I'm uh, far away. Are you so far away from me? So mm-hmm. far? Yeah. You just can't see. Uh, Mr. Salzone, good morning to you, sir. Yep. <laughs> there he is oh for you. Oh, God. Yeah. We, got, we got that Salzone today? He's, uh, he's working right now. He's working on getting that video up for you guys. He is? Okay. Yep. Yep. And, of course, we have Paulie the Mole live in studio, a very disgruntled. I have two disgruntled co-anchors today, and we were going to get into it right away. Paulie the Mole is very disgruntled because I played him like a Baldwin piano. I surely did this morning. Uh, Danny Shays will be joining me. I rented a big uh, uh, pickup truck, and we're going to capture some video in Syracuse, Nebraska, who is actually a relative of ours. Uh, the founding fathers of Syracuse came from Syracuse, New York, who had come from Syracuse, Italy. And they started out here a, um, a salt mine. Uh, and so uh, their forefathers are, are our people. And so I thought it would be interesting to go see the mayor who we had on the show. And, and we're going to do uh, you know some fun things in Syracuse. Paulie, of course, had no intention, did not think I guess I was serious when I said, no, you're coming. So uh, uh, I went above him to uh, the great Ed Levine. And uh, Ed came in and, and let Paulie know that he is indeed coming with us to Syracuse, Nebraska. <laughs> Paulie, you are the worst. You like, I don't get why you did that. Like, you went to dad like a little bitch. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But, you, but you know what's great about it? You know, usually you would go to dad and you would just find out dad would walk in the room. I told him, if you don't say you're going to go, I'm going to dad. <laughs> So this is no different than how I handled my brothers in movies when my brother Billy tried to stiff me after agreeing that he would go with me. And I went to my mom, who shut him right down. And yes, I did. I went to Dad, and you're getting in the truck, and you're going. It's lovely. I only have like an hour. No, 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 you don't. You have to be back by four. Yeah, and then you guys get to nap and go to dinner with the... The, the owner and then go to the game and sit in the stands while I have to work the whole day. What do you have to do from four on? I the game's to, not till nine. I have to uh, go over and we had IP issues and ISDN issues yesterday. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of fancy initials you're throwing we've, around. Uh, what do you really have to do? We've got you got to hook a cable up and you're done. Oh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now and sitting at the table for the big show, ladies and gentlemen, NBA legend, 18 years in the league, uh, one of the greatest big men to play the game, Danny Shays, ladies and gentlemen. And the tr- for the trivia question, longest career in Syracuse history. 
Wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. There you go. There's, there's the, uh, the answer to the trivia question. <laughs> that nobody even asked. I can't, I can't grasp that the two, the two of you, full-grown, yes. giant men, can't handle going on a road trip together without a midget man like me. Do you, like do you feel, Danny, that the road trip would be the same without Paulie the Mall? No question. You can, we got to have a sidekick. Yeah, we got to have Right? Okay, look at all the Clouseau movies, right? You, you, Inspector Clouseau, the, right, Peter Sellers' character, he always has the guy carrying the bags. You know what I mean? That extra guy who comes along who is the comic foil. Yeah. Any, any yeah, picture. He's, he's like the midget in Austin Powers. Exactly, any, right? Any, you need that guy, Paul. You're that guy for us. Any picture they try to take is going to look ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to look like we're taking him to the Boy Scout camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's great. Josh, um, you know, you have any opinion on this? Any opinion on him uh, wanting to go to Syracuse, Nebraska? No, any opinion on You mean, you mean Cato? Assessi- We're talking about Cato here, We're talking right? about Cato, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I wasn't paying attention, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, he's, I told you, he goes, we do the shows on the road. He's lying on the couch with a oh. long cable in there. Would you go on this trip with him, Josh, and would you be happy to go on this trip with would him? Would I go yes on and it? Yes. Yes. Would I want to go on it? Absolutely not. No, I want nothing to do with it. You'd want nothing to do with an exciting trip to an unknown place? And how are you going to have more fun than hanging out with the Danny boys? Uh, it would sound like we a, agree on that. Or like it'd still, be a blast. Uh, we still taking uh, offers. I, I would have more fun. I'd have more fun in my room alone. Holly, <laughs> <than> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I know you would, but whatever you're going to do in your room alone, you can do later. Okay, we right. can. Uh, well, why do the same thing you do every day, exactly. sixteen times a day? Exactly. You know what I mean? Take a break, Polly. Come up for air. I think the drive there will be exciting. You'll be excited you're going to Syracuse, Nebraska. I think that hour back is going to be very quiet. <laughs> no, man. There's stops along the way. We, we need to look at some well, exciting things like the biggest ball of twine. And, exactly. And don't forget, we got the Danny Sports Bar and Grill to, to check out on the way back. Uh, yeah. You know what? Listen. I, I, I don't even know why you're questioning this, yeah, frankly. You've you got to enjoy yourself, man. Yeah. So I said to him, I go, this is great. This is indicative of, of, of the whole station half the time I'm there. I go to him, man, don't you want to go do something different? Don't you want to have fun? No. He goes, no, I don't want to have any fun. Can I just say on a personal level, the amount of misery that you're causing Polly is bringing me great joy. So that I'm enjoying <laughs> exactly. it from here. Exactly. Okay, so you'll appreciate, Polly, you'll appreciate this. I'm with the Phoenix Suns. We fly to Washington to play the Venn Bullets. One of the stewardesses on our flight, turns out, has a boyfriend who worked in the White House came out and said, hey, I can get you a private tour of the White House. Who wants to go? Made the offer to the entire team. Guess how many players went? Me. That was it. That was it. All of them to go on a personal tour of the White House. We got a private tour of the White House, the bunker under the White House, the Oval Office, the whole sh- and And the best part was, and this is what makes these trips great, I got to go to the Secret Service gift shop. I get the golf shirt with the Secret Service logo on it. Nice. Okay. Now I'm in the you know a month later I'm in the grocery store wearing my aforementioned Secret Service golf shirt. Seven foot guy, right? L- lady comes up to me and goes, "Are you really in the Secret Service?" Yeah. And she goes, "But wait a second. If you are, shouldn't it be a secret?" <laughs> so of course I pulled my watch up and said, "Problem in aisle six. Let's go. We got to get this girl out of here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Oh my god!" And then she scurried off. But see, but those are the kind of things that make the trips great. Being the only guy in your block with a Syracuse, Nebraska t-shirt. Come on. 
How do you turn down something like that? You know what makes a trip great? A nap. <laughs> a nice long nap. You, Light, you, lightweights. You can't, are lightweights. You can't teach enthusiasm. <clears throat> you can't teach enthusiasm. I had it in my 20s. <laughs> 45 now. Has hey, it left you? Yeah. Oh, what, what am I happy about? Look. We NBA pre Polly NBA preseason games Spokane Washington Marietta Ohio Chattanooga Tennessee you got to learn how to have fun in these kind of places I could tell you stories that you'd go oh, that's way better than going to Atlanta way better than going to those hot places when you can go to Chattanooga check out the choo choo come on that's what I say Polly uh, we got a uh, Todd Blumen the video coordinator is that your uh, title still for Syracuse basketball. Something along those lines, video coordinator, producer, just jack of... Do it all, guys. Go with producer, man. That's much better. Exactly. Producer. On my card, that's what it says, video coordinator slash producer. Vague yet authoritative. I like it. So there you go. So So take us through it, Todd. What do you do? Um... Everything that's needed for us to scout the opponents and everything like that. So um, we selection Sunday is the worst day of the year for me. It starts off, we're going to find out now who we're playing. Normally, we have a schedule. I have plenty of time to get the games on everybody. We're now, all of a sudden, we're in the play-in game. So we're playing on Tuesday. We're leaving Monday night. I now have to get every game that Arizona State has played this season into the computer system, ready to go, cut up for the coaches now to start doing their scouting. And I also need all the opponents that we go on to for Detroit. So Sunday I came in in the morning, we have practice, we watch the show, I start downloading games, cutting up games. I finally went home about 8.45 in the morning to go pack, came back for a 10 a.m. staff meeting. We had practice, we left, so it was a fun little day. Does did this uh, tournament run easier than others because of who you guys have played? Because you've got Arizona State's and Michigan State's and TCU's, whereas other years you're playing, you know, um, Stephen F. Austin. Years ago, it was a lot harder. Today, with the way technology is, and everybody now has their games digitally, whether it's on TV and plus TV has a lot more, especially with all games on the internet as well. You have different places you could go and just start downloading games on everybody across. Years ago, I would film or actually put to DVD every single game during the season. I would record over 3,000 games during the year. So then now I'm just taking them in two-hour shots now capturing the games that we needed. Today, you have different databases where I could just download the games. Some of them will be uh, their camera copy, but we still have access to all of it because they use different ways to edit their stuff as well. So... It's something that years ago would have been a lot harder, where today it makes it a little bit easier, saves a little time, but it's more the time crunch that we had that first game on Tuesday instead of not leaving until Tuesday or Wednesday. That extra day was when it was killing me. So now you're saying your, your job, you're just sandbagging it and phoning it in <laughs> because it's so easy. I didn't say that. That you just push a button, boom, your work's done. We're in the past. Yet. Well, I, no, I, I can read between the lines. Uh, but also God. in the past, it was, okay, which are the games that are more important them to have? Now it's like, because I do it, I have the whole season. I have... All 37 games that yeah, they played. Yeah, way to cover, baby. Way to cover. Uh, I like so, that. So as, as a film director, one of the first questions I ask about a location that we're going to is, is there a nearby film school? Because we've got a key word for you, my friend, interns. Having interns and knowing that SU is there, you got to incorporate interns in what you do. Yeah, but I don't know. Does Syracuse have a media program? Do they have <laughs> a, a small little thing? I'm it's trying to remember. I, I think they have a pretty good <laughs> broadcast 
program, don't they? Well, traditionally, I put out the stuff for a lot of interns. They all come, and they're expecting, oh, I'm going to go to the basketball games for free. I'm going to do this. It's going to be so much fun. And when they say, okay, i got to do this many hours. Oh, wait, when the game's over, we got to go back and now cut this up and do after about two weeks, I start off with 12, I'm down to two, and then by the third week of the season, I don't have any interns anymore. It's over? They want to be students. They don't want to do this. They want something that they could do their few hours between, oh, three o'clock and seven o'clock, and that's it. Are they not offered any kind of accreditation? As if, uh, Unfortunately, with what I have, they're, they're not getting credit for it. Once in a while, I'll get someone that wants to do for a capstone project or something like that. Then they're stuck working for me. Oh, no, you've got to get the accreditation thing. Then you'll but, get the die-art kit, for e- sure. Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to work on how, that. How many games do you have to watch, like, like f- from TCU to Michigan State? How many games do you have to watch? And do you have to sit there with the coaches and watch it so that they can cut the tape appropriately for the players? Well, I used to watch everything because I had to record everything in real time, putting it into the system. Now, because it's just the actual file, I just download them in. I'll watch maybe three or four full games. I'll give them uh, all the information basically on the games of who they've played against that plays zone. Because we don't need teams that only played man-to-man because that doesn't help for what they're doing against man-to-man. We're a zone team. So we'll go through. I'll, I'll dwindle it down to at least give them a little point where they know, okay, these are the games we need to watch and need to cut up. I'll also have for them a whole list of every single offensive possession they've had versus the zone for the season. I'll cut that up for them. So now they'll have a two-hour cut-up of every zone offense that they've run. And then after that, they'll say, okay, I'll watch these three games to see the flow of the sport. But I'll be doing my stuff in my room. I'm not watching it with them at that point. We'll go back and forth. Then once they have all their stuff that they want, we'll compile it together into a video to show Coach Beheim, which will be around a 20-minute video. And after that, we have to cut it down for what we show the team, which will be about a seven-minute video. Because we find after about seven minutes, they're not paying attention anymore. But the real question, Todd, is how much do you have to listen to Dick Vitale during games? I that's, shut the sound off when it's not that situation. Say, that's, that's the, that's Especially the, if you're watching <laughs> a, team, a team that we're going to be playing later, you don't want to listen to Duke Vitale. Yeah, for sure. He's like a highlight reel for those guys. And today he's just a caricature of himself. So it just gets really... Which was a caricature of himself when he was himself. Correct. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, no doubt. Would you uh, go to Syracuse, Nebraska with us? I would love to, but I have to go to the arena to do some stuff. <laughs> oh. I'm really heartbroken. If I knew about this, I could have worked it into my schedule. We're gonna we're gonna pick up a buddy on the way. We're gonna get somebody sitting in the back with Paul. Well, this is Iowa. This is, or this is Kansas. There's gotta be somebody out there in Nebraska. Where are we? Oh, yeah. Nebraska. <laughs> There's gotta be some hiking in Nebraska. We're right? Get, we'll, we'll, get get, we'll find a buddy somewhere. Paul. It's gonna be a nice, rainy, lousy, cold day. It'll be perfect. So he'll feel right at home. He I will. did do something fun yesterday. We took a walk onto the bridge to Iowa, and right in the middle of the bridge, they have a line. And on one side it says Nebraska, the other side Iowa. So it was really cool. We all just stood there. So you, you got your one picture? foot on one side, one on there the other. Go. It was just such a fun thing to do here. It's a definite <laughs> different feeling when you've got your foot in Iowa and Nebraska. You know, it's, it's different. It's very, very different. And, and this is one thing I do really find comical is people from tiny Syracuse, New York, are throwing shade on Omaha, Nebraska, home of the wealthiest man in the world. And I go, you always kind of wonder, you know, you know, us, us poor Syracusans are... You know, what, trying to find somebody from a smaller city than us? Is that Yeah, you the... guys never get snowed into your house for a month. Exactly. <laughs> Sissies. Well, that's why I was so happy when we were uh, in Dayton. I get a text from my neighbor. Oh, Todd, by the way, it just snowed. We had a foot and a half, but I snowblowed your driveway for you. <laughs> just went tonight. I'm like, okay, great. It's a wonderful thing. Keep it in perspective. There you Todd. go. Keep it in perspective. Let's go to break. We'll come back. 
right after this. NCAA tournament coverage is brought to you by IBEW NECA, CNS Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from Omaha, Nebraska, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. And we're back. Let's play the music as long as we can. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, good. And there it goes. What uh, was that? It was like a kid playing on his... It was, it was Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was Charlie Brown. Uh, so so we went over... Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That, that put me oh, to sleep a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we went over why Paulie's upset. We opened up the show. You missed the, the very the very beginning, Danny and Todd. We opened up the show with why Paulie's upset because I I had uh, uh, the great Ed Levine um, force Paulie to come with us on this road trip today. So that was yeah. See, we only have guilt going yeah. for us. Yeah, he has. No That's shame. the only weapon we have, and he has no shame. Don't right, worry. and but Ed has the hammer. Yeah, Ed has the hammer. Paulie will tell you he really doesn't give a crap what we do. He doesn't care. He, he's a minimalist for sure. So we know that about Paulie. But he's coming on. Come on. I'm going to have the Partridge family music playing in the thing. We're going to be a big family. It's going to be great. Now, Josh. Josh, you still awake? Uh, who's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, now, now, what a lot of people may not realize because they haven't heard this promotional video done by um, Syracuse University to get the uh, team fired up. So what they did was they shot this little thing and they, they cut it all together to show the players to inspire them and get them fired up. Joe, do you have that? Uh, do you have that little piece of that that we're going to play? Nobody thought they were going to make it to the final four, and I'm in no way predicting this team's going to the final four. But anything, but can, anything happen. can happen. Winner advances to Detroit, and Syracuse controls the tip. Jai, nice look. The cutter, Brissett, slips it in, and a foul. One-on-one with Holder. Battle, crossover, jumper, splash. Syracuse is dancing to Detroit. We ain't obsessed, man. We're going to come out every time. Now that they've played into the tournament, yeah. do you have any of your play-in teams going out of the round? I have Syracuse losing to TCU, unfortunately. I'm just, I'm just being realistic. <laughs> You're damn right. That's Josh. This video is such a TC- piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid video. That, that, that's Josh being thrown under the perennial bus, the proverbial bus, a number four with big fat snow tires and chains on it. Uh, and that is played to all the Syracuse players to inspire fans. Them. And fans. Yeah. It's, 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 it's viral. It's viral. Yeah, because I was the only guy who thought they'd lose to TCU. I was the one. <laughs> so, are you upset about this, Josh? I'm upset yeah, for a s- bunch of different reasons. I, I'm not really butthurt that they that they put me in the video. I think it makes them look dumb because I'm literally the least educated sports commentator within a thousand <laughs> miles. I don't know anything about anything. That was one break where I tried to pretend like I sounded like I know what I was talking about, and then grabbed the audio. So, but and number brilliant. two, I think it's a jinx. I don't think you put out a braggadocious video like that before you play Duke. Come on. I'm calling the jinx on it. That was a bad idea, Syracuse team. 
<laughs> well, you know, you can just keep doubling down until they either win the whole thing, yes. or eventually you'll be right. Yes. Also, great job security admitting that you know nothing about sports as a sports commentator. Exactly. I, don't know, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know why I'm here right now. I know nothing about sports. <laughs> you are the voice of, of reason and yeah. the orange, which is why I sent you. You must come out now. Now, let, let's just hold our breath. So we're playing Duke tonight, Josh. Yes. What do you see? What do I see? I'm already a heel, so I'll say it's a blowout. Oh, no, we're not going to blow Duke out. We're, we're not going to blow him out. Come the on. The town so already hates me now because of this stupid video, so of course I'm, I'll so say Duke it, wins. Yep. Duke, good, I like it. Because uh, whatever Josh says never comes true. Exactly. <laughs> so I like it. Appreciate good, yeah. the support, Josh. It's opposite yeah. day. Good, it'll be opposite day. I'm fine with that. Good looking out. I I was <laughs> I was watching the video on Facebook when it popped up, and I heard Josh. <laughs> they picked Josh. <laughs> like they could, there's t- there's like. There's Doug Gottlieb. There's Kyle Gowler. Yeah, there's, there's so many Billis, way Billis. better people pick, who they said they'd them. lose to TCU and they pick my <laughs> stupid, dumb mouth from Central New York. I don't know a yeah. thing. I think it's because you emphasized it with um, just being realistic. With, with such authority. Yeah, you yeah. did. You, did. you, know, you, you put, sounded confident. You did. You put the hammer down. I was trying you to pretend and, pl- and pretend like I knew what I was talking about. I was just, I was just listening to everybody else who was saying, yeah, they'll make it to TCU to you and then they'll lose yeah, you know the old saying better to be quiet and thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt oh you know I've, I've made a living <laughs> I've made a living up opening my mouth and making it tum- no doubt <laughs> the thing is I got I gotta tell you Josh is you yeah. can't in sports radio you can't get mad at people coming at you because that the sports fans are idiots we, <laughs> we no, it's true. We're idiots. You you get angry over the dumbest things. Like that guy said, we weren't going to win. Who cares what the fat guy with chicken wing sauce? Yeah, exactly. What, what said, they you know, won? Congratulations! I was wrong. Why is that in a no, video? N- no, but you. Why is, it, why is it memorialized forever? Why is it? Why, why, why are you now? Why are you now the root system for the entire Syracuse organization? Well, and you know, on his tombstone, it'll say TCU. Really? Exactly right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It'll TCU? haunt me forever now. You're like it's like wrestling. You're like the Nikolai Volkov of Syracuse. I am. I'm the eat. Iron Sheik. I'm walking around uh, <laughs> waving the Iranian flag now. You are, man. No doubt. He is. He's going to get the big hammer and stick it. <laughs> That's the best, man. But you're, you're, the, you're the cry of the Syracuse Orange right now. No, well, well, I, you know what? I, I, I find joy in it because I know that Syracuse fans like to rally against like haters and people who doubted them or whatever. So rally against me. I, any press is good press at this point in my career. And, and I will say this. The Syracuse fan base takes things so personally. Like, I've never seen anything That's like great. it in my life. So you are probably, there's probably dartboards with your face on it now. Yeah. And oh, I'm going to make a fortune while I have them burning, the, like, hey, Josh dolls. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just lighting them up on fire. Daniel, I will tell you this. The, the way I, what I equated this video to, and I just, I'll keep digging myself in deeper. What I, what I <laughs> equated this video to this morning on the radio was Syracuse was doubt there was doubt that they didn't even get in the tournament at all and now they're in the sweet 16 so they are equal to the chick who was really fat and ugly in high school and now she's a smoke show and she's trying to throw it back in everyone's face it's like listen honey I didn't want to bang in high school I'm not looking to bang you now <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you what we should use. A former teammate of mine had a technique. There was a, there was a coach he really hated. We were playing them on the road. He goes, takes the, uh, his, his headshot out of, the, uh, out of the program, tapes it up inside of the urinal so the whole team could uh, uh, enjoy looking at his face. Yeah. So maybe we should uh, hand out some, you know, some urinal inserts. With <laughs> I'd, love, I'd be maybe, honored. Maybe, I'd be honored. Make those sanitary discs that you Josh, like Josh so cakes. The, <laughs> I'd love it. I'd so be honored. The more you pee on it, the more it dissolves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and his face dissolves into Dick Vitale's <laughs> It goes from me to Doug Gottlieb to Dick Vitale. It's just completely dissolved. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to get a urinal disc made in Josh's face. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. But what Don't was amazing about it next week. If they're going to pull audio off of like this station, why would they pull me? Why not Daniel? Why not Brent X? You know what, Josh? Because you were so, so poignant in your <laughs> yeah. description. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you're like, you know, because you even, you even like it, it was you said it, but then you went, look, I'm just being realistic about it. I mean, yeah. So you were really kind of saying, you know, yeah, there's no shot. You you, you did emphasize it well. Could, and you know what? So. You know what? You know what sucks the most about this is that when you try, when you say things like that. You hope that it goes out into the radio ether. People in, like they hear it, and then it goes away. Now it's going to be something that Jim Beheim has heard, uh, the great Ed Levine has heard. I'm sure there'll be a meeting about my doubt <laughs> against Syracuse coming up next week. Well, well, well Josh, here's here's your play. Yeah. Okay. Your play is you take credit for all the wins moving forward because you inspired this team to oh, step I, up. I like yeah. it. I like it, Danny okay, Shays. So I like that a lot. That's how you flip that. You you start taking credit. Thanks to me. You're welcome, Syracuse. And my prognostication. I inspired you to go out. And, <laughs> You're welcome, and everybody. Take these games. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, take some solace in the fact that you are the battle cry of all that hate against Syracuse. Oh, I love it. So I'm you're honored. The battle cry. You're, you are. You're the. You're. You know. You're the Lex Luthor. Of Syracuse right now. <laughs> you, you are you are the voice of the common man. You are like you are like I am the voice of reason. Right. I'm just being realistic, America. Syracuse <laughs> has no chance of winning right. this game. You remember, you remember? You remember General Zod? You're General Zod. Yeah. 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 You're, you're General. Is there no team on this planet to challenge me? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take all guy. of it. I'll take all of it. You are. You're all of it right now, man. You're all of it. You're the most and, downloaded and viral we, human being. And we appreciate it immensely. Thank we you. Do. So we do. about seventy thousand people have watched that. Yeah, I'm the Washington General. With the confidence of the Globetrotters. Uh, yeah, you're gonna take the bullet, man. You're Jack Ruby. Yeah, you know, what I mean, you gotta, you just gotta go in there and take wow. it for the team. I'll uh, tell you what, this is. I, I can't imagine somebody with more references to himself than than this. I mean, Jack, you're you're supernatural. At this I'm point. A, you are. Mr. Shays. I'm a major radio celebrity. Thank you for recognizing that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. You did, and you did underplay that you have the most popular morning show in all of Syracuse. So why would they not quote you? Because you know, I wasn't show on that, in the morning. Because <laughs> I wasn't on that show. I was on the show where I'm tr- trying to keep up with you, Daniel. But nevertheless, you're still the great Josh. Thank so you. Thank when you. you say something on this show, it does not mean that there aren't thousands and thousands. And it of moves. Mar- obviously, it moves markets. It, it, it right? moves entire Division One athletic. I guess programs. I'm saying. Well, I, based I've on that video, idea. I'm honored to be within the likes of uh, radio personalities like Seth Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a. Uh, I've got an idea for you. Yeah. You will, we'll call it Josh's Tourette's pick from now on. <laughs> right. So that they can't use the audio in the middle of your pick. 
just blurt out a swear word. Just curse. <laughs> yeah. So they can't use it. So it'll or, be like, or I make all of my picks through extremely distorted microphones, so the audio is so <laughs> terrible they won't use it. Now, Todd, were you familiar with this with this uh, video? Um, actually, I was not, but uh, I finally, when you started talking, I just pulled it up on my phone. And so, who's who's uh, responsible for the production? I want names, piece? Todd. That would be our wonderful people in our multimedia department. So, it could be uh, a Dave Gunn or a Mike Lang or <laughs> someone along those lines. These guys? <laughs> Did you guys make that video? Uh, oh, it was a sophomore, sophomore intern. Oh, the production intern. was amazing. No, I mean, the video was beautiful, yeah. It was well put together. Phenomenal video. Uh, the more you guys can use Josh, the better. By the way, Josh, I don't like the way you went after my boy Seth. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seth's Dave. my broadcast buddy now. I, love, I do. I love <laughs> Seth. Seth is. I'm going to have to bitch slap you. If That's you fine. Keep <laughs> I will take. I will. T- I will be honored to take a bitch laugh from the great Danny Shades. Uh, there you go. We All found right. the one guy that likes Seth. <laughs> now I'll be careful because I can reach you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be sitting behind him. I, I can talk smack because he's wherever the hell he is. But you're right here. Yeah, Paulie. I'd be careful because he's about to drive you somewhere where he'll never find your body. So uh, yeah, I'd be careful what you say. There's a lot of cornfields. There's, there's to not get a to lot between going. here and Syracuse. <laughs> And there's going to be a lot of buffalo turds. Is there a Utica, Nebraska? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You got a real pretty mouth. Yeah. All right. Let's go to break. We'll be right back with more. Orange Nation, noon to 2. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from Omaha, Nebraska, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? Doing what? Why do you keep pointing when we're not ready? No, we were ready. You didn't have no, your headset no, on. No, no, we're playing the music again. We're going to get some editing things going on in here. That, that sounded so, like the Counting Crows. That was the Counting Crows. Omaha? Yeah, you ever, you ever hear? Yeah, that's catchy, huh? Yeah. Do you ever hear them play live? Nope. Oh my God! I went to see them. I, I, that that uh, was it. August the album, the yellowish colored album. August something. It's, I think it's called. And uh, and I loved that album. And I went and saw them live. I wanted to shoot myself in the head. They were so bad. Yeah, it was Coldplay not available. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking speaking of rock shows. Okay. All right. We're talking about you know, Todd's duties here. One is video coordinator. One is the the amorphous title producer. Mm-hmm. We don't know producer what, but producer. Uh, also, get it all done, guy. So a year ago, I get a call from my buddy from the band Sticks. The keyboard player hurt his knee, so we call Todd and say, "Todd, they're playing in Syracuse tomorrow. We need a hookup for a orthopedic surgeon to come uh, give us an opinion." Saturday morning, 8 a.m. We're looking for an orthopedic surgeon. So we get Todd on the phone and makes it happen. Nice. Next thing you know, I, I'm picking them up at the hotel. I'm getting a phone call. It was this really strange one. He goes, is this Todd? Yes. This is James Young from the Rock Band Sticks. I'm like, oh, I know who this is, but thank you. And took them over, got them all squared away. Luckily, it was just some minor stuff with the knee. Can't go into it because of HIPAA violations. But uh, 
afterwards, it was great. They uh, ended up, I had tickets, which were really, really bad tickets. <laughs> but then uh, they took care of me, gave me dead center uh, seats for me and my friends, backstage passes. It was a ball, great show. And then afterwards, of course, I had to go back there and ask uh, Mr. Cowan why he's jumping off of the keyboard and jumping on the stage. The doctor just told him, goes, I have to do it that way. That's how I perform. <laughs> it was nope. a great show. And now I have a few interesting people's phone numbers on my phone. There you go. There you now go. You, now, you were a fan of Sticks before? Always loved Sticks. Okay, so what would it have been like if it was a band that you thought sucked? I would have <laughs> I would have gotten taken care of and said, uh, no, nah, I appreciate it, but I'm busy tonight. I can't go to the concert. I would have said, who's opening for you? Now, do you like, hey. the, <laughs> do you like the Dennis DeYoung opera E sticks? Oh. You do? I like okay. all of it. Okay, I, I, I was always a sticks fan. Very from, different. And, and I'll tell you what, I still see them perform a couple times a year, and they kill it. I mean, they sound awesome. They've, they've younged up the band a little bit. Not James Young, yeah. but replaced some of the original guys with some younger guys, and they sound awesome. And they they're back to more of their heavier stuff. Just put out a new also. album, and they're, they're, they're on a roll. So that's another one of Todd's uh, do-it-all. And uh, what else? You run the, the summer basketball camp, yep. right? After uh, the season's over, then I go into full camp mode. I'm the co-director of Jim Beheim Basketball Camp. Two great weeks this summer from June 30th to June, <laughs> from June 26th to the 30th and August 1st to the 5th. I go to jimbeheim.com. I've actually coached. You've coached? I've refereed for me. I coached Danny's son way back yeah. in the Back in the day. Day. And your, your nephew, yeah, your nephew came out uh, yeah. two years ago. Vance. And yes. I've refereed at that camp. Yeah, when you were seven or eight, you were there, right? <laughs> and uh, so we, we have two great weeks over there, usually anywhere from three to 500 kids. And it actually is, it is a lot of fun. in the carry dome. It's a lot of fun for kids to be in the dome with all the, the whole thing laid out with courts and uh, 500 kids and making noise and all that. And, and, and actually, they've been very generous. Usually, they let me come speak for free. And, uh, and you know, charge just, them for something to come to camp on exactly. top of it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> exactly. They really roll out the red card. Hey, as long as you're in town, why don't you come, you know, get practice my, my freedom of speech rights, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you believe in freedom of speech? Good. Come do a free speech. Yeah. So uh, can practice that this afternoon and uh, say hello to everybody. It's a, it's a gas to get out there. You guys ready to do some so what? Yeah, so so what? You ready? Was was that one of them? So, <laughs> yes, no. very much so. <laughs> you've seen so you've seen so what? Oh yeah. All right. All right. So you gonna play so what with us? So what? All right. Here it goes. Scouts from 13 NFL teams confirmed they watched Johnny Manziel throw yesterday at the University of San Diego's pro day. You know, I'm gonna go first, and I'm not gonna say so what. I'm gonna tell you that. Um, uh, Early on, uh, when he was having his troubles, uh, I was in touch with, well, they were in touch with me, um, and possibly there are listeners unbeknownst to them that uh, I'm a crisis interventionist for drugs and alcohol. I've been sober for a long, long time. Uh, and, uh, and so many times professional teams, or when they have a higher-end client, um, like to bring in somebody like myself who's had their battles and, and amplified because of the nature of what I do for a living. Um, so I was contacted. Uh, I was briefly in contact with people in and around and with Johnny, and uh, he wasn't ready, really, you know, at that time. And so Cleveland opted to let him go. I think he has something to bring to the game. I think he's young. Uh, um, You know, he had expressed an interest at going to, of all places, he wants to go to New England. Um, I think under that system and with a coach like Belichick, he probably has a better chance to survive with zero tolerance of any of his nonsense. Uh, but uh, I'll be the first one to tell you that uh, if not given a second and third chance, uh, you know, after 
public meltdowns and having problems that I had, I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. So uh, I'm, I'm all for him getting back in the game. I think he could do a lot for people that are struggling, particularly with this addiction thing that's going on around our country. A lot of our young kids, over 60,000 died in 2017. That's more than died in the Vietnam War. So um, we have a real major problem here. Maybe this guy, you know, maybe he can help. You know, maybe we, maybe we can turn him around. So I'm for it. Uh, I'm going to be the guy who says how long why, I don't know what the fascination is in this country with holding on to quarterbacks that aren't good anymore they did they, they make so many excuses for people who are bad quarterbacks whether guys it's, like 22 whether it's Tim Tebow or uh, Colin Kaepernick or Johnny Manziel it's let it go he didn't make it he's he wasn't good enough to play. Well, I look at it this way. I'm a Jets fan, so we'll take him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, look, I'm a big believer in guys getting chance, uh, chances. I root for guys to have fallen down to get up, dust themselves off. That's what makes the difference between winners and losers and champions and guys who, who struggle along. But as you mentioned, Daniel, the impetus is on him right. to sure. be ready to get it. And I'm less a, you know, a believer in the idea that he has something to give to the game. I mean, the game is something that gives. You know, I don't think people realize the impact that sports has, just not on multi-million dollar players, but you know, beyond that. You know, the game gives so much to so many people, and Johnny can be a vehicle for that. Uh, but really, it's it, like I said, the impetus is on him to come back and show that he can fit into that and then use that platform you know, to help others. And so... Uh, uh, I, you know, I'm a big believer in the concept of leaders leading leaders. Uh, you know, athletes have such an impact on their communities. And, you know, as Daniel mentioned, as a high-profile guy, he does have the ability to go out and make a difference in people's lives. But it only starts by him being a product of that product, right? Be, you know, to be sincere and get it himself, <coughs> transform his own life, and then be able to use that for others. And that's, that's really the opportunity. Yeah, I'm looking at the article right now that's uh, um, about how he played. Josh, what do you think? I mean, I think I'm with you. If it's a, if it's a second opportunity and he can actually play, and the NFL needs quarterbacks right now, if, if they can get somebody good, though, I hear I hear uh, uh, Paulie's point, but you know, if, if somebody wants them, they can get them. Yeah, hot right. take. Very hot take. No, that's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's funny, I'll go to your Tim Tebow example, right? I mean, here's a guy who, uh, you know, has shown the ability to lead and to win without necessarily being the best arm or the best, you know, best quarterback, or, you know, but he, he contributes and finds a way to get it done. You know, I followed him in the Bronco days, you know, when I was living in Denver at the time, and of course now he's, uh, uh, you know, trying to make his way through baseball, takes incredible criticism, like, who the hell do you think you are? And he's like, look, I got one chance to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the most best of it. If it works, it works. If not, I can, at the end of the day, no regrets. I gave it my best shot. Same thing with Johnny Manziel. Look, give it your best shot. You only have one chance to be an athlete. You know, Daniel as an actor will know that you know, your, win, your comeback window is longer because you can do it longer. Athletes, you just got that one shot when you're of the right age and the right skill set. And uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in guys getting up, dusting themselves off, and, and you know, having those breakthroughs. Evidently, he threw well, too. They're saying that he threw with uh, San Diego State receivers. There was 13 NFL teams that were in attendance. Uh, he reiterated and guaranteed to them that he, his partying ways and so on at 25 now are behind him. 
and uh, he threw the ball well. They're saying he looked good. And in, in this day and age, they can take a chance on him without a lot of risk, right? With, with not a lot of guaranteed money. Uh, they've got you know spots on the roster. They can you know hide him in at least for a time to you know give him a chance to prove himself and and uh, and see. So that's that's a really a low risk move to you know to give him a crack if you know he's legitimate about turn his life around. What did you say? He's 25? It's not like he's... Uh, no, he's, he's, you know, not, he's... He's not even his prime yet. He's not even like Jordan on his third comeback at 39 right. trying to, you know, no, score some points. So he's still a kid. You know? Exactly. And, 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 and the other thing that's interesting is he has said he'll play for free. So he's going to sign with some team after opening that can of worms right. for the league minimum. Right. So he's going to be a $500,000 Heisman Trophy winning quarterback for that kind of money, you know. But that's the risk that he has to take or the investment he has to make to get himself back in, right? For sure. He screwed he, up. He has to come in and say, look, I'll, I have to earn my way back. You know, just give me a chance to be on the roster and let me prove myself. Yeah, well, he's, he's listen, he's Syracuse three games ago. He's willing to play his way in. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's something to be said about that. So there you go, Mo. Thank you, Josh. Next story. <laughs> the South region of the NCAA tournament is now guaranteed to produce one of the lowest-seeded Final Four teams ever, either number 9-seed Kansas State or number 11-seed Loyola Chicago. So what? I think it's kind of a cool cool story. This doesn't happen that often. I mean, Syracuse got in as a 10, VCU got in as 11 in the past, but but th- that was, they rolled their way through the big names. This this side of the bracket's been all upsets i mean it's been yeah. it's been crazy and uh, if you picked kansas versus uh, you, you know loyola chicago you're a genius i, I guarantee there's not a bracket in the country that's got well, no Except you're, for you're not a chicago genius here you have one kid who went to kansas state <laughs> and one kid who went to loyola that's the only people in the world who would ever right. pick these teams to win i i mean i think it's great only from the standpoint that this is what makes the ncaa tournament March Madness. Yeah. Right? Crazy things can happen. It's too unpredictable. There's, you know, what makes Loyola Chicago different than any of the other upsets and underdogs over the years? It's just one of those things you you follow them through, you root for them, and they, you know, they could be dead tomorrow, uh, you know, when the next game they play. So, you know, you enjoy you enjoy the ride, and you, you rip up your bracket, and you curse them out, and, or cheer for them, pick your poison, but uh, it's just what makes the tournament the tournament, you know, just like Syracuse coming out of nowhere, and now in the Sweet 16, when they went, when they did Final Four run, it was a big thrill for us two years ago. But uh, uh, you know, everybody else was cursing at us. So you know, th- th- again, that's what makes the tournament special. Also, I'm hoping that we have two 11s in the Final Four because there's been an 11 before. There's never been two 11s at the same time, so it makes a better story for us to be part of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, compare that to the NBA playoffs. You got to win four out of seven. It's hard to upset a team four times, right? And so it, it, it makes them much less interesting from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're just going to see if Golden State's going to win 80 games or 90 games, uh, and can LeBron make a run? I mean, that's the only story in the entire NBA at this point. You know, oh, Toronto's having a run, yeah, big deal. Portland, yeah, enjoy it while you can, but not when the playoffs start. So this, this uh, but this tournament is, is special for that. Yeah, and this year also shows the the problems of the one and done where all the one-and-dones are gone, and now you've got really nothing but a bunch of young teams that were the number one, two, and three <laughs> seeds in this tournament, and they all lost because they were all young young teams that were just rotating rosters over. But well, but you- again, is that a problem? That's just the way it is. I mean, the ratings are at an all-time high. The interest is an all-time high. I mean, that's just one of the features that make it kooky. Well, it, it's fine now, but I think if the Final Four rolls around and it's, you know... The final games, Loyola Chicago versus Syracuse, the 
the TV's not going to be too happy about that. Yeah. You know what? You, you, you think that, but I, I, I'll never forget. These are the kinds of games that years and years and years later, you remember even better than when one played two. That, that, I'll, that's I'll what I'm you. saying. The TV, to, to me, the TV part is the least important. You know, yeah. Sports Illustrated will tell you the worst episode or the worst issue they ever sold was Greg LeMond being man of the year. And here's a guy out of nowhere who won, you know, three Tour de France's is an incredible story, but didn't sell well. Well, who gives a crap? I mean, that's it's an incredible story. That's just part of, you know, how the machine works. Well, I, I remember I was in Arizona and I was shooting a movie and it was really late and I'm, I'm, I got in bed and they slipped my call sheet. It's a thing that tells you the, what time you're, you're due in the morning and what scenes you're going to do. And so I heard it come under the door and I thought, you know, maybe I'm not first up because I was one of the leads in the movie. And I looked at it and I wasn't up until the afternoon. I thought, all right, now this is going to screw my clock up. You know, I better not go to sleep right now. So I popped the TV on. As I popped the TV on and I'm scanning through the channels, I see Mike Tyson coming out of the tunnel. And I look and I thought, it's Japanese television. So I'm looking at it, and it's in Japanese. I can't make it out. And he's fighting some guy named Buster Douglas in Japan. And I thought, all right, well, what the hell? I'll watch Tyson knock this guy out. At least for um, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, yeah. right? You know, I, I was going to turn it off because I figured it wasn't. And, of course, I watched the upset of Buster, James Buster Douglas, and the whole story behind it. And his mother just died and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, this guy just won the heavyweight title. He upset the greatest fighter of our time, for sure. And... He, and he knocked them out. You know, and I thought, but that's what the tournament is. The tournament is every single night is a heavyweight title fight. Because you can be David and take on Goliath. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen big upsets. I knew Virginia was going to lose. I knew they didn't have it. I knew they weren't going to get there. And I think, I think it's so exciting that I'm going to remember the Butler finals way before I'm going to remember, you know, Nova beating, beating up on somebody. I, I will. What do you got, Josh? Well, I've got to take a break because I've got two more stories. and We've uh, spent a lot of time talking on them. So let me come back on the other side of this and give you my final two. So what? Live from Omaha, Nebraska, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now, we're back. Josh, you want to you want to rip through the rest of uh, so what? Quickly, here you go. Your final two items on so what? Multiple Kansas State players have reported that Kentucky players, including head coach John Calipari, did not shake hands after their loss last night. Chase, I think that handshake at the end of the game thing is the biggest crock in world history. I wouldn't. I don't know why they did it. I don't know how they started it. I don't know how you can do it with a straight face. If you won the game, you're going. <laughs> and if you lose the game, I just want to kick you in the nuts. I mean, I, I just don't see why they do it. I, it's a farce. Whatever message it's supposed to send about teamwork or compassion or whatever, it ain't working. Uh, ditch the whole thing. Okay, there's Shay's take, John. You want to read my tweet directly to John Calipari on open Twitter? How sad you would walk off the court and not shake hands. Long forgotten is your responsibility to teach these young men more than just basketball. You owe everyone an apology. Wake up, John. So I guess you know my stance on it. <laughs> I, uh, I watched the tape back after I went back up to my room there, and I agree with Coach Red Autry that the uh, Kansas State team was celebrating a little bit too much. You know, they, they, they were really going bonkers, and why would you sit and wait for them to celebrate and rub it in your face? Well, that, that you, whole thing to, is a made-for-TV 
thing. It's you know it, you can't sit there in the heat of the moment in, in a, a you know an excruciating game. Maybe it's a close knot, but at your end of your season, it's you know your hopes being dashed in, in this specific situation, and it's such an emotional instant to have to go do that. It's not ten minutes later when you calm down. It's not you know it's like right when the buzzer goes off, you got to run over and do that. I, I just think it's it's just bad theater. Part of the game. Calipari says, quote, I had no disrespect for anything, just that they were celebrating and I was happy for them. I went down, I shook all the coaches' hands, uh, and they were, like Paulie said, they were celebrating so much that he just shook the coaches and left. Uh, He also tweeted, when Alec Baldwin has an opinion, I'll listen. (laughs) Good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> the sad thing is Alec doesn't know who California yeah, is. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, your if final so what is uh, even though you don't do drugs, there is a good chance, according to the survey done in Britain, that you probably have cocaine on your hands right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does that mean those strippers all were doing cocaine? What are you trying Pretty to say? much everything you touch and come in, come in contact with has some trace amounts of cocaine on it right now. Wow. So what do they attribute that to? They don't know. They just say, yeah, hookers. There's so many hookers. They said they chalk it up to the prevalence of drugs in society with users handling cash and other items that wind up in circulation. It started out as a small amount, but now it has grown over the years. Okay, Daniel, you remember back to the 80s, 90s, go-go era where, what was it, 90% of all bills in circulation had cocaine on them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you the, today's example where I'm in L.A. for the All-Star Weekend. Walk for, it was about a half a mile from between the hotel and the arena. We walk home. Everyone's lighting up. And it's, I'm getting secondhand weed the whole way down the right. road going to where I'm going. Get back, and you know, just as a coincidence, we end up going to our... Uh, uh, you know, physician for a thing. I go, you know, I bet right now I test positive for dope. I mean, just because I was breathing so much secondhand. If, if I was drug tested right now, so he did this little acupuncture thing. He goes, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely in your system. Little known fact that uh, Joe Salzone's hog looks like a margarita glass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Joe Salzone chiming in on the show. Yeah, there you gentlemen. go. Just coated in it. That's a beautiful <laughs> Nice reference. How, how's Joe's bracket? Do it. I don't it's think he's been busted for about four weeks. He had Miami winning, yeah. the, national had Miami winning the national championship. I like that was a bold move. <laughs> How's your bracket now, bracket leader, Josh? Uh, I'm in third place now. I checked this morning though that uh, the games last night screwed me over. I want to know whether or not my bracket is officially being entered since I since I only tweeted it and sent a picture. I didn't know how to register. No, you are definitely not. Board. You're definitely not on the board right now, Daniel. You are completely ignored at all costs. I'm I'm going to go to the great one with with a protest. Oh, he's going to tell Dad again. I'm going to go to Dad. Yeah. Today is the uh, right today's the weight loss weigh in too, Daniel. Are you weighing in from I, there? I, I already weighed in and videotaped it. I'll be sending it over shortly. Oh, exciting. Yeah, very exciting. I stripped down just just to my shirt. Was my it just, out so everything. there's a nude video of Daniel Baldwin on a on a hotel scale somewhere. I'm going to try to jump uh, Joe. Sal- <laughs> I'm going I'm to try to jump Joe Salzone for popularity. Oh, very nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Battle of the Bulge. It's not the first, <laughs> not the yeah. first nude video yeah. of you in a hotel. On this <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's for sure. Oh my! 
but Paulie it doesn't count is for roasting you. On the, yeah, uh, Paulie's on a roll, huh? <laughs> he is he's, roasting he's the you. Alec school of bungholio in his brother. <laughs> you see the results? How alive he comes on the show when yeah. I get the great one to step well, in. He told my, yeah, he told Dad that. We said, yeah. "I'm mad he's at him." <laughs> All I know is he did catch a second wind. You got to give him. He that. did, huh? Right. Paulie is in that coffee. Are there traces of cocaine in that coffee right now? Is that a British? Is that British coffee, Daniel? I stirred it with Joe. Polly is the uh, Polly is the Don Rickles of Omaha right now. He, is. he totally is. Nice reference for our ninety-year-old listeners. I'm killing it right now. I'm killing it. Yeah, he, he has some some classics of all time. Do you know the story about uh, Rickles with Sinatra at the opening uh, when uh, of Sinatra's act? Did I ever tell you the story? Well, isn't that how they met? Is that because Don like would have, he was not afraid to roast uh, Sinatra? No, 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 no. This is what happened. So. So Rickles was uh, one of the openers for the Brat Pack. So he would go on stage and do his comedy, and then they bring the the the, the Brat Pack the, the Rat Pack out. So um, then they used to compete with each other over what cocktail waitresses, what dance girls, you know, and they knew them all because they all partied with them. So evidently, and I'm going to make up this girl's name, but Connie, the new chorus line girl, the stunning six foot blonde, blah, blah. So Rickles comes barreling into to Sinatra's dressing room and he says, he says, Frank, listen, I got, I got the front table for Saturday night show and I got a date with Connie. And they all look up and I go, you got a date with Connie? He goes, yes, Connie, the new girl, the dance. Yes, I got a date with her. I got the table, all my friends. Will you do me a favor? Can you come by? Now what he's referring to is Frank never entered on the stage. He entered behind the audience through the crowd and he'd walk over and, hey, Senator, how are you? Hello, Governor. And he said hello to a select couple of tables. And then he walked along the side of the stage and entered the stage and started his act. Well, Don is asking him, him, can you come to my table? And he goes, you know, Jesus, Don, I saved that for luminaries. And he goes, Jesus Christ, Frank, I've been opening for you for three years. You can't come up to the table and say, I got a date with Connie. He goes, all right, all right, all right, I'll do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, he walks out, he shakes one guy, he, he walks up to, to Rickles, and he goes, Don, how you doing? He goes, not now, Frank, can't you see I'm busy? <laughs> and he blows Sinatra off to try to big dog him in front of this chick. And Frank said it took every amount of power in his body to not strangle Rickles when he just to- totally didn't make eye contact. Not now, Frank, I'm busy. Oh, man, Sinatra told that story one night at dinner. It was priceless, man. It was so great. He was a, he was a, uh, a really kind, um, you know, but if people didn't really get to know him because he was very personal, but uh, what, a, what a kind, loving man and family man. He was, uh, he's greatly missed, Frank Sinatra. And, and Don now. Sad. Anyway, on that great note, what else you got? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's pack up. Let's head to Syracuse, Nebraska. Let's get this show on the road now. I'm ready. <laughs> no, you're not going yet to Syracuse, Nebraska. We got plenty to talk. What happened on the morning show today, Josh? What do you got going over there? Yeah, just a busy double morning. Duty. Just a busy morning. Uh, obviously, talking about my great appearance on this Syracuse video that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Did that come up on your show too? Of course it did. Wow. The, your millions of fans? They're just they're they're killing me everywhere because they found audio of me saying something on the radio and put it into a video. Let's take a quick break here and then uh, we're come back a, with Eric Devendorf. We're going to go Devo. Take a quick break and we got Devo coming in with the inside skinny along with the great one Danny Shays, Polly the Mole, and on deck 
the greatest of all great, just helicoptered in and landed in the street. They shut the street down for the great Ed Levine. We'll be right back. Maybe defensive formations and stuff uh, as you plan individually to attack each team. Um, but for you, what changes for you, D? What, what, what's your day look like? Oh Well, for me, nothing really changes. It's still the same. Just trying to stay in these guys here, keeping them ready, keeping them prepared. Obviously, playing Duke, we're familiar with them. They're familiar with us. So um, just go in there and make sure the scout report is ready, make sure these guys are ready to go, playing hard. I mean, it's not that it's not that hard to do. These guys have been, you know, playing hard and putting it out there, you know, all season. So um, it's not that hard to do. They make my job easy. So just, just trying to go up there and, and make sure these guys are prepared and, and ready to go for Duke. When we were talking earlier about you know, kind of being that middle guy between Coach Bayheim and the players, uh, you know, I was sharing, I played for one of the all-time screamers eight years with Doug Moe in the NBA, and guy would you know, MF you in front of your parents on national TV, and, and like his idea of constructive criticism would be like, get your head out of your ass. Right. Like that would be, like you're supposed to glean from that, that you're right, <laughs> I, should, I should help better on defense and rotate quicker. Right. And uh, so, I mean, it's a hugely valuable thing to have somebody like you, you know, their generation, speak the language and, and really kind of soften that you know the Bayheim blow as it were to you know when they're when they're hyped up and coaches hyped up no absolutely and you know like you said I'm not too far removed I can still relate to these guys I can still get out there and uh, and bust their tail so if they got any trash talk to say to me I can still get out there and do it coach Bayheim can't so but like you said just softening the blow um being able to kind of break it down to them when he's yelling at them and instead of them going in the shell they can come to me and I can kind of um, you know, break it down to him and, and, and shows him what what the, he really means and what he's trying to get across to them. Because um, you know, when the emotions are high in, in the game, he's going to kind of say whatever he wants, and, and a lot of guys don't know how to react to that. So um, for myself and, and Red and Jerry and Griff to be able to be there and kind of break it down to them in, in simpler terms and in, in more calm terms, I think um, you know it helps a lot. So you get to actually go out there and bust on them on the court. Oh, absolutely. I, I still love to do it. I still That's love gold. to do it. That's yeah. gold. That's gold. Absolutely. I want to get out there. Yeah, well, I would, you know, like when I'd be at practice sometimes or in the summer, you know, when Daywan Coleman was around, I'd get out there, we'd play a little one-on-one, and I, I could still do that because we didn't have to run anywhere. Right. You know, being a low post guy, you know, I kind of had my two foot this way and, and two feet that way. That yeah. that I could we could still handle. And, I, you know, I had a good 50 pounds on them, so that, that always helped. Absolutely. But... Uh, but uh, no, good for you to get you know, get out there and play. That does make it a lot of fun. There's something about that um, that the repetition when you're, you know, a, a pro guy, a guy that's been doing it a long time. I, I lived in uh, Lake Oswego in Portland, Oregon, and I'd go down to the Y, and I'd have to guard either Kyle Wilcher, or I would get uh, um, Jerome Kersey. and so and when I guarded Kersey. Now, you know, I'm, I'm only 6'1", but I weigh 250, and I can knock people around. I know how to play the game. And I would get up on Kersey from 15 to 20 feet on the baseline, and he'd, he'd take the ball in with his back to me. And in one motion, as he turned, he just let it go. And he, I mean, the guy never missed the shot. He never. It was almost automatic. And I'd body him, and I, you know, I, I, I everything but rake his arms, you know, so it wasn't a flagrant foul. Right. But, I, you know, I pushed him when he'd get the ball. And it just... Is it just Danny the the ten trillion times he shot that shot that because I could not stop him from doing it? Well, actually, what it is is the recognition. Okay, when am I open? When am I covered? He knows that extra foot of space is the difference between getting the shot off and not. And if it's getting off, he doesn't matter if you're guarding him or not. 
He knows he's in his rhythm. He's not even you don't even exist when you know when the defender you know when a guy knows that he has time to get a shot off and enough space. Doesn't matter what the defender's doing on that level, and uh, and, and that's really the difference. Plus, you're you know six one biting a guy who's six seven. Right, you know, so he's looking right over you, and then that's really the biggest thing is when I'm out in, when I'm out in public, people don't realize quite how big everybody is. Exactly, you know, you see a six five guy out on the court, you know, who's six five two ten ripped, and he's little. Then you run into him on the street, and you're like, <laughs> it's a whole damn, different, yeah. damn, this guy's gigantic, and you're the little guy, you know. Right. And then uh, you know, so then somebody like me comes along, you know, and you know, you're a six five guy yourself, and I'm a head and a half taller than you, and they're like, damn, that that scales a little bit off. So it's, uh, yeah. and then I'm with guys a head taller than me. Yeah. You know, they get the seven four guys out there, and it's uh, it's like you don't even know if they're the same species. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of guys too. A lot of people on the outside really don't understand how much work that you know these guys are putting in on a daily basis. I mean, that guy was shooting that shot, you know, ten thousand times in, in a month. You know, this is this is what we do. So. Um, you know, just just little stuff, especially from the guard spot. I, I know when I played, um, you know, I had, I just needed that little bit of space to be able to get my shot off. And if I got my shot off, then you know, I was confident that it was going in. So, you got to think about all the time that these guys are putting in when when nobody's watching, and, and you know, the sweat that they're putting into the game. When when they go in and, and you know show it on the you know national stage, it, it looks easy. But obviously, this is a move or a shot that guys have been working on for you know years and months. Um, you know, going into the season, so. Um, I think, you know, from, for the common person on the outside, they they got to understand how much work is putting into this and, and to make it look that easy when, when they're playing out there. So Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. This guy, I just couldn't stop him. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and I'd go after him. I would intentionally try to guard him because I wanted to try to stop him. Right, not to see, not block his shot. Yeah, just to see just what it looks like. Man, well, and, and here, here goes to Eric's point. He's shooting 80% in practice, you know, just doing drills. Right. You know, he'll shoot 80%. To get into a normal game to shoot 55, to get into a playoff game when, you know, a guy equal skill and talent is doing everything he can to stop you, to shoot 45, right? But, you know, that's the level at, at which you're looking at. You know, like we talk about Syracuse's zone, you know, body-to-body, hand-in-the-face is 20 percentage points different than a rhythm and range Absolutely. shot. You know, when you see, you know, kick out and the guy's toeing the line, you know, get a nice rhythm, that's an 80% shot in practice right and it takes all this defensive effort to turn that into a 40 percent shot and then at the end of a game when you're tighter and the pressure's bigger you know then that makes it a 30 percent shot right and and that's what separates the great players from the good players is not if they can make the free throw in practice but you know with a tenth of a second down one front end of a one and one you know that's that's why you shoot the ten thousand so you can have the confidence to make that shot when the rim's you know four inches across instead of you know, big, and uh, you know, and, and that's the kind. Of, now you're playing in a in a different setting where now that's again, there's no pressure. He's having right. fun. He's in rhythm. You, you know, lose. He, you sit for an hour and a half. Sit man. for an hour and a half, and then you know, <laughs> but he knows he can make that shot. Welcome to the streets of New York, homeboy. Exactly. And he can make that shot at a 75 percent clip because you he's know, got Daniel Baldwin. He's got Daniel Baldwin on him. That's right. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, again, I'm just saying a I'll six. Be my one, fat 57 year old ass down there. With a, a six one on a six seven, right? With the, you know, that's the difference. So that's what it looks like from from down under. Yeah, I hear you, Eric. Uh, there was a national publication back when you were playing that had you as the third most hated player 
in the NCAA tournament. What did you take out of that? And I, after you give your answer, I got a second question for you going into that. It was, how was that for you as a player being the most hated guy? I mean, I saw you try and warm up in Pittsburgh, and yeah. those fans were brutal to you just well, for yeah. warm-ups. Speaking of that, I just remember a coach coming out and asking me, he's like, you want to you, you wanna come back in? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm all right. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. But as far as the ranking goes, I mean, I'm, I guess I wear that with pride a little bit. You know, the, the company that I can remember was the top ten. I think it was Jalen Rose, Bobby Hurley. Um, who else was it? Well, they don't have players on there who suck. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, I mean, that's the right, point. Right. Yeah. Nobody cares if you suck. The company was good. So, I mean, it, I mean, you know, it was just that was how I was out there playing. It was, I was a competitive, passionate, emotional dude out there. And, you know, if, if you weren't a Syracuse fan, I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people liked it. But um, it helped me succeed, you know, when I played. And, and you know, at times maybe it could have got out of hand. But um, that was just me ever since I was growing up playing. That's that's how I learned to play. I, I kind of learned to play with, you know, a lot of emotion and passion and, and, and competitiveness. So, um, you know, I kept that with me. And, and, you know, even now in the role that I have here, I try to, um, you know, insert that in some of these guys, kind of give them, you know, give them that competitive competitiveness and, and, and you know, passion in it play out there because I think that that does give guys the edge. If you know how to control your emotions and you know, within the game, um, you know, if you, if you really go out there and, and give it your all and, you know, show that you love this game, it makes a difference because I think, you know, a guy can be super talented and not really love the game compared to a guy who's not as talented and really loves the game and goes out there and gives, you know, his 100% effort. That's the difference right yeah. there. He's going to win the game, and I'd rather have that guy than the guy that doesn't love it as much. And, Eric, you're one of those guys who feeds off the opposing fans. No question. Right? Absolutely. There's some guys who just love to go out there. It's, it's better to win a road game than a home game. Absolutely. You know, you're walking off the court. That's when you strut. You know, to win a home game is nice. Everyone's cheering for you. But when you go into the into the Vipers pit and you come out with a victory, that's that's satisfying. When you shut them up. Exactly. That's why we play, yeah. Yeah. One day I'm, when I was with Denver, we were playing a playoff game in L.A. I ended up getting in a tuffle with Magic, and Kareem and I got in a fight. He started it. He got tossed. <laughs> I'm going to the line. And I'm, you know, I'm walking to the line. And, you know, you know it's, I wouldn't say I'm shaking up, but, you know, there's a lot going on. Right. All of a sudden I look up, and they're – 10 deep around the court, fans coming out, flipping me off, cussing at me. And, and I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. I mean, I'm in the forum. They're cursing at me. Like, this is why you play, right? That, Absolutely. That, that jazzed me up. I had a huge game after that. You know, it was yeah. like, all right, bring it on. Let's go. And, and I know you got a great story on you being got, the most popular man in America. I got uh, the Subway Series. The Yankees are playing the Mets. <laughs> and so they decide, the, the, the New York Times uh, decides that let's find out what the Baldwin brothers w- think about the series. So they get Alex, you know, uh, his opinion, and they get Billy's opinion, they get Steven's opinion. They come to me and I said, you want to know what I think about the Yankees against the Dandelions? And the guy turns around and he says to me, I'm sorry, did you just call the New York Mets the Dandelions? I said, that's right, because they bloom in the spring and they die in the fall. <laughs> so, so they print that, right? So we go to the Shea, me and my brother Billy, to go watch a game. And I mean, the place went nuts. Baldwin, you suck! I'm wearing a Yankee jersey, double burden it. I didn't care, man. They, they were cool enough not to throw stuff at us because that's happened before, or, too. Or knife you in the parking lot. Oh, we had a, no, we had a great one at the Garden. Uh, the guy was saying something about, 
he was kind of semi-drunk, and he's yelling stuff about Kim, Basinger, and Alec, down to Alec with Billy. And I, I guess they think that, like, you know, we're Charlie Sheen or, or we're, you know, from one of these acting families. We're four Palooka Irish Catholic drunks from Long Island. Right. You know, we didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth. We right. fought for every bit of it. So we're, they're walking through the tunnel, and the guy takes his beer and throws it down Alec. Well, Billy leaps over the railing, climbs over, and just starts pummeling the guy. So... There's certain sanctuaries for us, and the garden is one of them. We're a staple there. We've been watching the Knicks there for 30 years. So the security guys grab this guy by the hair, just pound him, take him down the tunnel. So now they're walking in the tunnel, Alec and Billy, and they're like, don't worry about Mr. Ball. We got the guys in cuffs. Everything's cool. We've seen all things. He hit you first. Remember, he hit you first. They're telling Billy Billy what to say. They got their own judge and their own jail down there and everything. So Billy comes walking up. Billy sees the guys in the handcuffs, and Billy can't resist goes boom and he tags the guy again in handcuffs he couldn't even defend himself lays him out hey, you see that guy he went at mr baldwin again you know they grab him. They turn around. so the cop looks at looks at billy and he looks at the guy he goes you want to both go to jail or what do you want to do and the guy's like nah that's right let's let it go i threw the beer at him i started it and they let him cuff him and they let everybody go yeah that's the way we roll in new york that's, yeah that's how you're supposed to roll that's it <laughs> eric this isn't Talking out of school of Sports Illustrated, you had you at third on the most hated list. How have you been able to transition from that reputation as a player into coaching now? Well, I think obviously, like I was saying, I try to you know insert that to some of the guys, and that maybe not at a you know such a high level, but <laughs> a, a controlled level, a controlled level. Yeah, just just kind of try to you know explain to these guys that you really got to love doing this, man, and it, it just goes by like like that, like. Mm-hmm. When I stopped playing ball, I mean, because I can still do it. So when I stopped playing it, it took a while to really figure it out, man, and, and that I'm not going to be doing this for a while, you know what I mean, or, you know, again. So I try to explain that to these guys, man, that you really got to put your all into it, regardless if it's to pra- practice the game, um, you know, in there just getting, you know, extra work in. You, you really got to enjoy it and, and love it, man, because, it, you know, it could be gone just like that, it, you know, whether it's injury or just, you know, you know guys stop playing. So enjoy it. Um, put all you can into it and and just you know keep fighting for you know more because that's what that's what you know you should do if if you really love this game man you, you got to give it your all and, and you got to respect it because if you respect this game it's going to give a lot back to you and, and it, it's done that for me yeah so eric how was that when when you got to the point where you knew your playing career was coming to an end and you had to do something else obviously you found a way to stay in the game on the coaching side and you know, develop a career there. But what what was that transition period like for you when, when your career came to an end? Because I know as an NBA guy, there's a bunch of guys that don't even know their career's over. Right. It's, you know, they're not picked up. They don't get signed. They're still young enough to play, and it just fades away. You know, it's yeah. like at some point you got to say, look, it's not working. My my phone's not ringing. Right. Got to get on with life. And uh, you know, how does that? impact the way you impact with guys you you talk to guys now yeah well obviously we all know a lot of guys who still are trying to hang on by the you know by the shoestring right but um for me it was kind of different um you know my i have two daughters nine and seven in in syracuse and and for me it was just i wanted to be there for them i wanted to watch them grow up and, and you know experience that and um so my my decision to be able to stay here and and not go overseas anymore that that was a big part of it you know trying to be with them so i was fortunate enough to be able to um you know get this opportunity so you know a lot of people don't a lot of people aren't able to you know stick with basketball um this is what i want to do you know so when coach Bayham asked me this to to be able to help out it was you know it was a no-brainer so i, I was one of the lucky guys like you said we all know people who are trying to hang on and, and 
you know, they it's kind of like they lose their identity once basketball is done with. And, and I know for me, um, you know, I didn't want to do that. I, I still knew that I had a lot to give. Um, and I figured out that, you know, these young kids, they need it. They need they need that knowledge from, um, you know, us older guys who've been through it, been through the ups and downs. And, and uh, that's what I try to bring to a lot. You know, um, before guys run into something, I try to give them a heads up, you know, so they can maneuver the right way instead of, instead of going the wrong way. So, um, you know, super fortunate and grateful to be in the position that I'm in. And um, obviously I, st- I miss playing, but um, like I said, I still – I still get out there a little bit and, and mess around with the guys, but uh, I'm happy in the position that I'm in right now for sure. Before before we let you go, Eric, uh, Jake in Syracuse is on the phone. So, Jake, what's up? Jake, what do you got? Hey, I just wanted Jake. I just wanted to say hi to Eric Dindorf. I wanted to thank him for a great career at Syracuse. Um, and, you know, just about every year, I and especially last season, I really said a lot off the time that I wish we had an Eric Dindorf on this team that could just really get these guys pumped up to get these guys motivated the way you played was so fun to watch um one more thing i've heard you know on the radio a lot of people trying to analyze you know the game against duke tonight you know stop it if if you would if you would analyze the game against michigan state that here's what we got to do frank's got to foul out with six minutes to go we got to give up 20 offensive rebounds and let them shoot a bunch of threes and hope they miss i mean there's no analyzing this syracuse team I uh, hope they beat Duke, and I'm just glad to have a beer tonight, go out, and watch SU basketball this late in the season. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Oh, Jake, yeah, man, that, that's awesome, man. appreciate those kind words. Yeah, you know Jake. He's your next door neighbor. <laughs> Jake from State Farm. <laughs> well, but now we know the formula. Get out rebounded by twenty. Give you a, that, no have question. him to shoot sixty threes and uh, make a miss them all. Yeah, all. You know, three assists I, and one three. <laughs> I, I've said it before, and and you know when it's when it's a one game situation. When you talk about the heavyweight title, you're talking about a Super Bowl. You're talking about it. Just takes for one game, and so I think one of the Achilles' heels of uh, of our team this year has been. We haven't had a balance of high shooting percentage. Watch out. I just have that feeling that like four of them are going to shoot lights out tonight, like 60%. You know, we're just going to get O'Shea's going to score 19, Tyus going to score 22, <laughs> the Chuke and, and Dolce are going to score 12. Watch it. We're going to light it up tonight. When the, it it is feeling. pretty interesting to watch because, you know, Going back to the NBA days where the scores obviously were a lot higher, played on the highest scoring team in history. We averaged 125 for the season. Mm. And, you know, you, you can get seven guys in double figures. Right. When you're watching a game in the 40s, you know, there's just not much to go around. I mean, you know, you're just joking about three assists. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of these totals, you know, three, five, seven, you, you know, assists in a game. It's, I mean, it's remarkable that you're in games until you understand that, you know, you're only – Pushing around fifty points, yeah, and you know the style of play is yeah, but we're you know, only pushing around, Danny. We're only pushing around fifty points, and we're shooting thirty-two percent. So all I'm saying is, each guy hits three no, more no, I, shots. I, I totally get three, that. and know? that and that's and I, why I we, think we're looking at that night. I just got a weird feeling. Well, that's where opportunity baskets become so important because yeah. this is a team where five extra points is the difference between winning and losing. Or about eight games. You know exactly. I right. mean. You know, to talk about a team that finished 10th in the conference, I, mean, I was trying to add it up. I think you're maybe 10 key points from being third in the conference. Absolutely. You know, you kick away Notre Dame, you lose a double overtime, you, you know, you have Carolina tied with three minutes to go. I mean, you put those, you know, those turnaround four losses into wins and you're, you know, in third or fourth place in the conference. So this right. team is right there. And, sure. you know, and those are the things that I think has matured this team to now you're winning those games. Yes. 
where early in the season, you know, especially the ACC season, some of those got kicked away, and instead of doing the all foldo, you know, this team has stepped up and has turned it around. I mean, that's like I said, that's what I enjoy watching about this team—not run and gun and you know make twenty threes and and Steph Curry and you know to me that's not the fun part of it. I'm really appreciating. You know, these grinded out, fight, yeah. what it takes, and, and what you put on the floor to win every well, night. Let, let, let's make sure we put it in perspective. If there's a time to peak as a college basketball team, it's right now. <laughs> it's right now. Let's go to break. We'll be right back with more. NCAA tournament coverage is brought to you by IBEW NECA, CNS Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from Omaha, Nebraska, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> hey, now. I guess back. Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's doing the uh, uh, he's doing the Schroeder act on me. This is you have to understand when you do the show, it's kind of like um, uh, uh, a hormonal woman. This is what it's like to work with Joe Salzone. He shows up one day and he's way in and he's laughing, he's enthusiastic, and then next to doom, 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 doom. But no, but my my mother used to have a music box that did that. You know, it was a jewelry box. You wind the thing up, you open yeah. up the lid, and it plays yeah. that song. I don't know. It, uh... I'm going to defend Joe on this. One. Seth made the bumps for this show, so I don't know what's going on. There. Seth has the imagination and talent of a dead goldfish. <laughs> Why would you put Seth involved in that? He did such a great job with all the Motown music for Detroit, so I figured... Did Seth know what Motown music was? I'm not picturing Seth having an extravagant Motown collection. He he did all right. He had Derek dancing. Josh? And w- but what is Omaha music? Josh isn't there again. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Mike was down. The mic was down. I'm here, I'm here. Oh, the old mic was down. Oh, yeah, down. The, old, the, the old mic. I have a theory that they run a long cable all the way into <laughs> Josh's waiting room. And I'm and very relaxed. During the, we, very, we, we are uh, joined by the great yeah, one. We were joined by the great Ed Levine, by the way. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Excellent. It's game day, man. What's it, not to like? You know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I am continually amazed at how good Danny Shays is on the radio. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I've only been doing this with Ed since 1979. So and every time I listen, it's like the first time. I'm like, oh, that guy's pretty good. <laughs> you forget about the Shays, huh? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> We gotta get. He's got the. He's got the. Uh, what kind of special line you have at at the house? You have some special line that makes you crystal clear. Oh yeah, I got the uh, the old internet little uh, mixing board and the, the mini version of what we got here and uh, works pretty good. Works yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, man. Because you bring, you know, forget about the Syracuse, you know, contingency, but the the difference of having somebody that's actually been out there and done it from a college and an eighteen year professional level although we, we were talking off microphone too when you know when danny tells the story he doesn't say it in a, in, a, in a bragging way he's talking about what actually happened in one game and he quieted the crowd down was and he throws out kareem and magic and and the forma and i'm sitting there going he played in the forum he, yeah. he played against kareem he played you know i mean these are you know we watched you play you know and and and, and uh it's just magical to listen to it just flow out of your mouth like it's uh you know yeah i changed my tire it had five lug nuts and you know and, <laughs> and while i was changing my tire i accidentally elbowed magic in the head and, <laughs> right, 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 right. and kareem exactly. got upset and we got in a fight exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no but it, it's uh it's uh you know it's quite uh interesting to you know i've always said that 
years later when I got to play in events for for legendary players like yourself, you know, in their golf tournaments, whatever, I, I would, you know, I'd be on the phone with my brothers going, would you, would you see who's in this tournament, you know, because they were guys we watched play, and we, we, you know, some of the, the older players, older than us, you know, with Joe Namath or whatever, we'd claim to be him, and we'd have his jersey on when we were playing as 12-year-olds, you know, so when you get to stand next to that guy and tee a golf ball off and play for five hours, I mean, it's, it's I'm riveted by everything that they say. Well, you know? even, even on that level, so several years ago, uh, you know, my dad, as you know, was a Hall of Fame player, one of the greatest of his era, and we're at a reception at the White House, I had to drop that in. Yeah. Uh, it was Jewish Jewish Heritage Month. So dad got invited, and I, of course, went as his you know, helper person, and Sandy Koufax is there. Mm-hmm. Now, here is my dad in his 80s, you know, lived his life as the greatest of his era, going, oh my God, that's Sandy Koufax. And he, like, was should I go say hi to him? I'm like, really? Yeah, and it was a thrill for him. So, wow. you know, because you know, Sandy's kind of a well-known hermit. He's not a like an out there social guy. He's seen a lot of things, and and of course, Dad grew up, you know, idolizing him. You know, or at the same era kind of thing. And and that just shows you that you know, we all have our guys that uh, that do we, it for we us. We for sure do. You know, um, when when my dad he coached the other high school team in our hometown so we played my father for bragging rights in football so it was it was that last game of the season you could lose seven games in a row but when you played the burner mass speaker game you had to win this game so we we started in our house my dad being a coach he had an eight millimeter camera and in 1966 we started making home movies alec and i called joe cool movies this is how we started acting so joe cool was a spoof on sean connery's james bond alec played joe cool and we named him joe cool because snoopy was flying his yep. partner's joe cool yeah so we actually and i would wear wigs and different outfits and my brother just killed me nine times in each movie <laughs> so we have from 19 i was six and he was eight and my father said three rules you can use the camera but it doesn't leave the property um, if you break the camera, you better have the money to fix it. And I'm not financing any of the movie making. If you want to go make movies and you want to go buy film and stuff, you have to figure out a way to make the money to go make your movie. So we sold nickel cups of iced tea at the golf course until we got another dollar twenty to buy another roll of 8mm film and we were back in production. Well, we have all of these movies. We made 25 of them from 66 to 72. Uh, we have all of them transferred now. Now cut to Alec is going to do a movie called The Hunt for Red October. And they hire Klaus-Marie Brandauer, this great actor, it's German actor, and he had just done Out in Africa, and he's perfect to play the submarine captain. And he drops out of the movie like a week before production. So Alec calls me up and he goes, guess what, man, we just lost Brandauer. I'm like, what? I go, how can you do the movie without Brandauer? He's the German sub-captain. He's perfect. He goes, yeah, they got some other freaking guy. I can't believe it. I went, who'd they get? He goes, they got Sean Connery! <laughs> he screams into the phone. He goes, I'm going to work with Bond, baby. We're like fired up screaming at each other going, dude, you're going to work with Sean. You know what I mean? Did Legend. Show, did you bring the Joe Cool, cool movies uh, over at Brandy one night? No, we did not no. bring oh. the Joe Cool movies. Are locked up. Alec has bogarted them, and I, I don't know what he's ever going to do with them. But he's in possession, so we have no rights. We have to get a uh, special screening in Syracuse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Joe Cool lives. Yeah. For sure. That that, and, that's, cool. and that's a great story because that shows you that the reason you appreciate what you do so much is because you had to earn it. Right? It wasn't given to you. You had the opportunity. With, the, with your dad's camera, but you went and, and you bought the film and you you know took responsibility for it and no that's I mean that's a 
you know that's some that's a great story on how passion develops when you're little you know and it's uh, and it was there was no video games you had to go out and physically do something and and be creative and uh, you know, was, that's something we I'd like to instill in you know this generation more yeah I would there was pressure on us academically and athletically because of my father's reputation in the town how was that for you i mean you know you you had a you had an 18 year career you know an amazing career where you know a dominant player in your time but having come off of being your dad's son was that hard for you it was from the stand it was good news bad news the good news was i had access to things that kids didn't have access to back then my dad started the second basketball camp in america so i had training and fundamental knowledge of the game that didn't exist there was no espn you know there was none of that uh, i got to go to the hall of fame when he was inducted got to go to you know i i remember one time we went to a preseason game in buffalo and i'm riding in the car with danny byzone the creator of the 24 second clock and he's giving me the history of the league from that first person so that part was great the flip side was there was never an article written about me in the paper that didn't mention Dolph Shays. Like it was Danny Shays, son of Dolph Shays, who did this, that, and the other thing, played well. Like it was, you know, a two page article that had me in it for like half of it. And uh, so, but that came the good and the bad. I had an older brother who deflected a lot of that as the expectation of being Dolph Shays' son. So I was kind of the sneak in kid. Um, and it was just natural for me. I enjoyed it, played it. You know, it was, you know obviously being seven foot didn't hurt. And uh, Did your older brother play? Uh, he played through. Uh, a little bit of college. I wasn't a great athlete. Uh, six six. Uh, loved the game. Was and the other part was because he was three years older. I got to play with bigger kids growing up. Yeah, because yeah, I was helps. too I was too big for kids my own age, and I used to injure them when we when we play. <laughs> well, I turn around and elbow them in the head. You know, it was like <laughs> right. a lot. And, you know, a few stitches into it, kids didn't want to play with me anymore. I had that happen to me in early dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was exactly. injuring them. So that was actually a big deal that I got to play with older kids. And uh, so having an older brother helped a lot. So, Ed, you, you know, have this gigantic business that you run. And, 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 and I wanted you to come down because I want what, this has just got to be incredibly complicated when we have. I mean, it's great that we're making a run and all this other stuff, but does it make you crazy too with all that you have well, to do? Well, this this was so unexpected. I have to I have to admit. I mean, it really. I watched the uh, selection show, and in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be excited about going to Dayton, Ohio. You know, um, but when it was St. Bonaventure came, they were right before us, and then they went, and then Syracuse. And I was down there with my wife, Pam, in, in, in our my little man cave. And we were screaming. And I'm like, we made the play-in game. And it's like, wait a second. It's the play-in game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are we that excited about? But, I, you know, and I think that's, that's the magic of this whole team. I saw Coach Beheim uh, yesterday. We were just walking, just walking back from lunch, and he was walking back. So we, we walked for a few blocks together. And I've never seen him. You know, I've known him a long time. I've never seen him this relaxed. You know, now we're going to obviously do our best to win tonight. Um, if there's one team that I wish we weren't playing tonight, it's Duke. Just because of the familiarity all the way around. He and Kay really are best friends. So all the surprise stuff that we bring to the table is not going to be there tonight. Having said that, 
I, I thought there was no way we would beat Michigan State on their home court. So a, a, anything is possible. So to answer, long answer to a short question, um, yeah, this is all very, it, it's all shocking and surprising. We're doing some things differently than we've ever done in the past in the broadcast. We're experimenting. Uh, and I think it's working pretty well, yeah. know, both here and on TK99. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's working really well. Obviously, our relationship with the university and IMG is you know, spectacular, and that gives us a lot of the access. And we're able to set up at the team lobby hotel, and that's all great. But our, our, you know, what we're trying to do is bring Omaha, Nebraska back to central New York. And, and that's our goal. Our goal is to give folks a little bit of a the taste of what it's like to be here, not just with the coaches and, and you know, all the stars, but sort of the behind-the-scenes things, too. And we've been doing that, I think, this trip, too. And, yeah. and how about the scramble factor, right? You talk about the play-in game. Well, yep. Sunday, you got to be somewhere Tuesday. Yeah. And then you got people to, in places to move around, and you got Polly to deal with, and you know what? Well, that's pain a whole that, other. That can be. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other. And factor. then all of a sudden you win. Oh my God! Now we got to scramble the next week, and yeah. you know, and I know some of it's preset. The hotels are, you know, they're, they're well, at least they are, they are. I mean, yeah, you know, you got to get into the hotel, you right. got to get enough rooms at the hotel, that's right. and you know, I, I, we all had things that we had planned for this coming week. That got reshuffled. So well, that segues me in because because Pam is sitting here watching us, Ed's wife, and, and and so I've got two quick stories to tell you. So first, <laughs> I go in and I talk to Ed, and and and, and again, we always want to beat a Michigan State. We want to beat Duke tonight. Let's face it, we're we, we're we're bleeding orange over here. But the reality of that, you know, we we, we looked we looked at TCU. We thought, wow, we got by. All right, damn it. Now they're an away game. They're pretty much home against the number three team who could easily have been a two. You know, so and we. We looked at the reality of that, thinking, well, we're not planning on going anywhere, you know. So I'm in Ed. Now we're going. I'm in Ed's office, and he goes, you know, I got Sarasota, the wife. We had this whole thing planned. And so I'm listening to the whole thing because, you know, I got a wife, too, and I know how to how to handle that. And yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So I turn. I walk out of his office. I get about two steps out of his office. I turn. I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking in my head, I go, this is Pam. She's been around this schmuck for 35 years now. I said, she knows that this is, that this is Syracuse. I mean, I went, bro, if they win this game against Duke and you're not there, you're going to kill yourself. And he looks at me and he goes, Jesus Christ, he's trying to scratch his head. Going, if they did win and I wasn't there in a Sweet 16 against Duke at this seed level in a play-in, I'm going to kill him. He goes, all right, let me call Pam. <laughs> so then I see Pam the next day, and I said, you know, I, I got into his head. She goes, no, nah, don't worry about it. She goes, I'm going to make it worth my while. She, she's going to definitely. She has. She's going to she make has it worth her She's so. smart. She knows. She she knows. But, Listen, you know, Robin's going to make She's at Del Lago right now with the charge card. She's nail, toenails, fingernails. She's doing the massage, the facial, and she's going to buy $700 worth of products. And you know what? I'm going to have to pay for all of it. We're going to wind it up? Yeah. Look at Paul. Paul, he's, he's good at that part. He's very, I'm very impressed. He's very diligent. He, you know. He, he keeps us in It's line. unbelievable. He's very upset. Now, I'm sure he's like this all the time, right? He, actually, you know what? He is. When, when wow. we had our early discussions, yeah. he is he is a valuable, valuable piece to the show. He wow, really look is. at that, Paulie. He is. He is. I'm happy to have him. Are I'm you happy. back on drugs? I'm trying to make it look good for you again after I called Daddy on you. So we'll be getting in the in the truck in about 15 minutes. Can't we're wait. Taking a, we're taking. I, I think it's going to go videos. viral. It's and, going viral. It's going and, viral. And, and, and Paulie, just be clear. You know who's getting the back seat? Yes. Okay. I'm just. <laughs> He'll fit nicely. I think he's going all the way in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go Cuse.